The following is from Red Hill Baptist Church, where we exist to glorify God, grow more like Jesus, and go with the gospel. To find out more about our ministry or to contact us, please visit redhillbaptist.org. Appreciate these good folks and the good job that they do and all those who help us week in and week out to be able to worship. And uh, it's been an interesting journey uh, doing two services since, what, May? I think we started in the month of May uh, doing two services. So it's been a, a blessing uh, to see all that God has done in that time. It'll be a blessing to see what He does in the days ahead. Uh, if you have your copy of God's Word, if you'll go again to Psalm 23, Psalm 23, as we think about a soothing psalm, Psalm 23, a big dog was trotting home one day. He had a fine steak firmly in his jaws. And very happy with his uh, find, he crossed a little footbridge and he stopped to look into the water. And when he looked into the water, he saw his reflection. Now he assumed, this dog assumed that as he looked into the water and he saw his reflection, he was looking at another dog. And that dog also had a steak in his mouth. And because of the distortion of the water, it looked like the other dog's steak was bigger than his steak. So he opened his mouth to grab the other dog's steak, and his steak went splash and sunk to the bottom of that stream. He thought he was going to get something much better, and he ended up with a whole lot less. Can I just say to you that we're like that dog? Now, we look at that dog and kind of picture it in our mind and say, well, what a silly dog, what a dumb dog to give up the steak he had to grab the other dog's steak and ended up losing it all. And yet, how many of us do the same thing? How many have dropped their family in search of a bigger career? How many have dropped their fellowship with God while searching and grabbing for more trinkets and toys? How many have dropped their Christian testimony and their witness for Jesus Christ while grabbing for that big, lucrative, shady deal? In other words, we drop the treasure that we have, grasping for something that we think will really satisfy, and we lose on both counts. We go home empty-handed and empty-hearted. Listen to what Joe Stoll wrote. He said, none of us is free from the inner search for more. It may be the unending search for more significance, more pleasure, more satisfaction of our passions, more platforms for our pride. The urge for more is seduced by opportunities all around us for more, more power, more possessions, more money, more fame. Even the craving for more peace and comfort can consume us. In other words, what we do, we're like that dog. We're running around looking for bigger stakes. Now, we already have a big steak. We're looking for a bigger steak and a better steak because we think we can just get that bigger steak and that better steak will be satisfied. And so our lives are filled with busyness. We spend our waking hours. We're busy working and working and working to earn enough to pay for all the stuff we have. But the problem is we work so much we can't enjoy any of it anyway. And so we go on this cycle what we might call, you know, the rat race, as it's been termed. And I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like a very appealing race, to say the least. 
We're busy trying to become someone. We're busy trying to find true satisfaction. We're busy trying to find true significance in life. And meanwhile, so many of their relationships are crumbling and their lives are crumbling and, and, and they are there trying to chase the American dream and it's turned into the American nightmare. I mean, is that really what life is all about? Is life really all about just grasping for a bigger stake and then a bigger stake and then a bigger stake, hoping at some point we'll get satisfied and then waking up one day realizing we're going to die? I mean, is that really all there is to our lives? Well, you and I know better. You and I know there's much more to it. Now, listen, some of you this morning, if you're honest, you are exhausted. You are tired. You are weary. Rest is something that you think about in passing. Rest is something that you would love to do, but you're depleted. You're tired. You're done. One preacher that I was reading mentioned that there are three types of fatigue. Let me give you the three types of fatigue. Think about your own life and see if any of these describe you. First of all, there's physical fatigue. We understand that. You've went out, you've worked, and you're fatigued. Maybe you went out in the garden yesterday, you were out in the yard, you were out trimming shrubs, whatever it is you were doing. You worked in some way, you cleaned up the house, or you were, maybe you had to work yesterday at your job, and you get physically depleted. I mean, that's just a part of life. And the good news is we can pretty much recover very quickly if we just rest our muscles and we get a good night's rest, we can then go again. The second type of fatigue is not so easily remedied, not so quickly remedied, rather. Uh, there is emotional fatigue. And that is you are tired emotionally. Your feelings are shot. I think a lot of people find themselves here, especially after 2020 and now into 2021. There is a lot of emotional fatigue. Our feelings, our emotions, we're just dragging. We're depleted. And then the third type of fatigue he mentioned was spiritual fatigue. And it is the deepest kind of fatigue. It is a dry spirit. We are tired, spiritually speaking. And this preacher I was reading said that, you know, you may need a vacation. Um, but a vacation really can't help the last two, very much. You need more than just time off in Tahiti in order to recharge emotionally and spiritually because what happens is we can go away on a vacation, and by the way, that's good, and, and I'm going to go away on one soon, God willing. But you go away on vacation, but you come back, the same problems are still there. The same issues are still there. And so we need something greater to help us to replenish ourselves emotionally and spiritually. In other words, beloved, what we really need when it comes to this whole idea of needing rest is we need the shepherd. We need to rest. You need to rest and we need the shepherd. And that's really what today's all about. You need the shepherd and you need to rest. Now, I'm looking primarily today at Psalm 23, verse 2. But I want to back up and read verse 1. And I want to give you three things from this passage that will help you to be able to rest. Now, don't rest yet. I don't want anybody falling asleep, okay? I don't want you to rest yet, but we're going to rest in just a moment. Psalm 23, verses 1 and 2. You may know them by heart. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. How do we get this gift of rest? Well, let me give you three ways 
And we began with the first one because it is the starting point. Without this one, the others won't work. And it's simply this. You need to make sure that you know the shepherd. Make sure that you know the shepherd. As I mentioned last week as we started studying Psalm 23, these truths that we're studying, these wonderful things, are for the Lord's sheep. They're for the Lord's sheep. Listen to the Lord's words in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Come to me, these are the words of Jesus, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest, listen, for your souls. Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We all have to recognize that before we come to faith in Christ, we're burdened down by our sin. There is no rest for the wicked. There is no rest when we do not know that our sin is forgiven and Christ is our Savior and heaven is our home. But God provided the way, the only way to get that rest, that soul rest, if you will, and that is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53, 6 says it very plainly. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord, don't you love this? The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. When Jesus died on the cross, he took your sin upon himself. All our iniquity was placed on Jesus. And Jesus in John 10, 15 and 16 says, As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So if you're going to have rest today, if you're going to have that peace today, this is the starting point. You must know the shepherd. Not just know about him, not just heard about him, not just believe there was a man named Jesus who lived one time long ago, but know him personally as your Savior and Lord. The Bible is very clear. If we turn from our sin and place our faith in Christ, we will be born again. I encourage you to do that. Now, I know that I'm speaking to a lot of folks that have already settled that. And I just say praise the Lord for that. If you haven't, I pray today will be the day that you settle that. But that's the starting point. You cannot have true rest until you know the shepherd. Uh, now, 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 the question comes, well, okay, if I've done that, now what do I do? Well, it's very simple. Make sure you follow the shepherd. Make sure you follow the shepherd. Now, this scene here in Psalm 23, too, is a pastoral scene. That is, it is, it is green pastures and still waters. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 27, I love this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's a good three-point message, isn't it? My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. In John chapter 10, the Lord Jesus said, To him the doorkeeper, doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. He calls them by name and they know his voice and they follow him. Now, let's just be honest about it. What happens when the sheep start ignoring the voice of the shepherd? They get in deep trouble. What happens when we ignore the voice of our shepherd. We get in deep trouble. May I say to you, brother, sister in Christ, today if you're exhausted trying to find your own way along this journey, the problem is not with the shepherd. The fault lies at your own feet. 
Because whenever we decide we're going to go our own way, we get ourselves in trouble. We start ignoring the voice of the shepherd. We don't listen to the shepherd. And you kind of wander off in your own direction. You ignore the calls of the shepherd as he calls you by name. You decide that you're going to feast. This looks good, but they're the poisonous weeds of the world rather than the green pastures and still waters. We go our own way. Listen, he's calling for you today. If you've wandered away from him, he's calling for you. He's calling you by name. He loves you. He wants to welcome you. The Bible is very clear that when we wander away, when we mess up and sin, and by the way, as Christians, we mess up and we sin. He says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, that is say the same thing, we agree with God about our sin. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Righteousness. He's waiting with loving arms to welcome you back and to fellowship. And so today, if you're honest about it, maybe you say, you know what? I'm not really following the shepherd. I'm doing my own thing. I'm going my own way. And you realize that today. Well, he's calling you out. He's saying, come to me. And I want to encourage you to do that. You say, well, I've messed up before. Will he forgive me again? Absolutely. Absolutely. I understand there was once a cartoon in the New Yorker magazine and it showed an exasperated father and the prodigal son. An exasperated father and the prodigal son. And the caption was this, this is the fourth time we've killed the fatted calf. It's the fourth time we've killed the fatted calf. But when I think about that, I realize, isn't that what our father does all the time? He welcomes us again and again. The shepherd says, come back. my I love you. I want to lead you. I want to feed you. I want to provide for you. I want to guide you. I want to bless you. And yet we wander away. If that's you, dear friend, no wonder you're exhausted. No wonder you're tired. Emotionally and spiritually dry because you're not following the shepherd. So in order to have that rest, first of all, you need to know the shepherd. Second of all, you need to follow the shepherd. Now, the third one's going to sound weird. I want to preface it. And I will say this. We're now going to part ways with what we normally think of a shepherd and a sheep. But stay with me. Because the third thing you need to do to find rest is this. You need to feast on the shepherd. You say, wait a minute, what did you say? Yeah, you need to feast on the shepherd. Again, we're parting ways now from what we understand from a real shepherd and sheep that we would see. So what do you mean by that? Well, it says that he's leading us in green pastures and beside the still waters. And the question, of course, is what are those and where are those? I mean, where are these green pastures? You say, I've been in some, some pastures lately, but they're not green and they're not pleasant. And I've been by some water this past week, but it was not still water. It was rocky water. It was, it was roaring in my life. What are green pastures and what are these still waters? Well, I like what David Roper said. He says, what is the reality behind these metaphors? The real thing is God himself. He is our true pasture, our pool of quiet water. He is our true nourishment, our living water. If we do not take Him in, we will starve. There's a hunger in the human heart that nothing else can satisfy. There's a thirst that nothing else can quench. In other words, God is the green pastures. God is the still waters. 
That's why we can have rest in the midst of whatever's going on in our life. Because I don't know about you, but, you know, we sang in the, the closing or sometime in the first service about God leads his dear children along and some through the fire and some through the flood. And it goes on talking about that and the various places we find ourselves. But can we have rest in the midst of all the chaos? Yes. Why? Because he is the green pasture. He is the still waters. We can feast on him no matter what's going on. The Bible talks a lot about this. I jot these references down. I'll read them to you. Psalm 34, verses 8 through 10. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And boys and girls, it's not talking about literally eating. This is the idea of trusting him, of resting in him, of celebrating him, of thinking about him, of looking to him, letting him guide you. Letting him lead your life. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you as saints. There's no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. We can taste and see that he's good. John 6, 35. Jesus said to him, what? I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Do you see the picture? Psalm 23 says, green pasture, still waters. Jesus comes along and says, listen, I'm the bread of life. You'll never hunger and you'll never thirst because you have me. Uh, John 4, 13 and 14. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Talking about the water in the well. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And then Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? See, the reason that you're tired... The reason that you're exhausted so many times, the reason that we grow weary so many times is we're looking everywhere else to something else, to someone else to satisfy the hunger and thirst that's deep within us and nothing and no one will satisfy that except for the Lord. The Lord Jesus is the one that you're hungering for. The Lord Jesus is the one that you're thirsting for. Now, we'll talk about how to do that in a moment, how to take that in. But let me share with you something that I learned about sheep. And this is from someone who has sheep and had sheep and tended sheep and knows about sheep. A man by the name of Philip Keller. He says that when it comes to sheep, the way they're made, four things have to be in place to get them to lie down. You just, you just can't make them lie down unless four things are taken care of. Uh, let me paraphrase what he said. First of all, they have to be free from fear. Free from fear. I mean, that makes sense, right? If you're a sheep and you're out, and you see a wolf or a coyote or a bear or a lion come, you're not just going to be chilling out in the pasture, are you? You're not going to lie down. You've got to be free from fear. Secondly, free from friction, that is, with other sheep. In other words, they're not butting heads with other sheep. They didn't have an argument with the other sheep. They're free from friction. By the way, these are great tongue twisters, okay? So you can do these later, especially the next one. They have to be free from flies. Say that three times fast. Free from flies. Not fries, but flies. Free from flies and parasites. I mean, it makes sense. Think about you're a sheep, you're out in the pasture, and there's flies flying around, getting on your eyes and wanting to go up to your nostrils. You won't lie down in that situation. And so you've got to be free from fear, 
free from friction, free from flies and parasites, and the fourth one, are you ready? Free from hunger. Now, I think we could preach on all of those, but I just want to take the fourth one. Hunger. The reason that you're restless, the reason that you're spiritually exhausted, the reason that you many times are emotionally is because you're hungry. You're hungry for God. And you're trying to fill that void, that hunger, with something. And people try all kinds of things. They try drugs. They try alcohol. They try immorality. They try all kinds of things. And it, they come up empty. They say, well, maybe I need a little bit more. They try money. They try power. They try, you know, I need a second house. I need, I need a, a, a second or a third or fifth car. I, I, need, I need a boat. I need a second boat. I need, I need a place for the lake. I need a place for the mountains. I need, I need more stuff. I, may I start a collection? I do all these things. And by the way, if you have any of those things, I'm not saying those things are wrong. I'm talking about the people are trying to fill a void in their life with those things. And they keep getting them and keep getting other things and trying other things. And, and there's still a void there. Why? Because they're hungry for God. Because no one and nothing can satisfy except for God. We're looking for bigger stakes. There's a bigger stake. There's even a bigger stake. And we're losing what we have when we, what we need to be doing is looking for our shepherd. And feasting on the shepherd. Let me give you some more references here. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Psalm 23, verse 1. You ever heard that one? The Lord is my shepherd. What does it say? I shall not want. Psalm 27, 8. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. What we need is the shepherd. When you get the shepherd, you get everything else. I keep coming back to that. You need the shepherd. You need the shepherd. You need the shepherd. Remember the little four and a half, little <clears throat> four and a half year old little girl I talked about last week? She said, I can quote Psalm 23. And she got up, you know, as cute as they are. And she just quoted these words. The Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. And we need to understand that. We've got to come to that point in our lives. The Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. And by the way, He does bless us. He does give us stakes. And He gives us all these good things. And by fact, the Bible says He gives us all things richly to enjoy. But our hope and significance and meaning and purpose is not tied to those things. Our identity is found in Jesus Christ. And rather than contending ourselves and the shepherd and His loving care and His provision, we're running around looking for bigger stakes. If I can just find a bigger stake. What we need is the shepherd. Now, how do we do this? If he's the green pastures and the still waters, if he's the bread of life, how do we partake of that? I mean, how does that, well, I understand that in my mind, but how does that work tomorrow morning? I mean, the alarm sounds, we're, we're grumpy, we're grouchy, I mean, we've lost an hour of sleep. Oh! I don't feel like I'm in green pastures. I don't feel like I'm in still water. I feel like I've been thrown to the lions. I mean, how do I do this? Well, listen, Tozier was right when he said this. God is a person and he can be cultivated as any person can. Let's just take this as for example. Think about your best friend, whoever that is. 
How did you get to know that friend? Well, first thing you did was at some point you met the friend. Maybe you arranged it. Maybe it, it, you met him at school. Maybe they're a member of your family. Maybe you didn't have a choice. You grew up together, but they, they're your best friend. But at some point you met them. You may not remember. Maybe you grew up together and you just always been together. But at some point you met them. You met your friend. Now this gets really deep, so I want you all to hang with me. You might want to take some notes and really focus in. The more time you spent with your friend, the better you got to know your friend. Isn't that profound? We like to make things hard. Is there not a chart or a graph we can get for that preacher? No. You get to know them how? By spending time with them. Now, I want to go real deep theologically here, okay? I'm going to give you three ways that you can fellowship and feast with and on the shepherd. This is deep. I'm going to put them on the screen in case you have a hard time spelling them out. So stay with me. Number one, spend time with them. Spend time with them. They already know that. Well, good. Are you doing it? You get a quiet time in a quiet place. That, that looks different for, other, for everybody. If you've got small children at home, you, this is going to look different for you. If you're an empty nester, it looks different for you. If you're retired, if you're a widow or a widower, it looks different for you. But sometime, and don't say you don't have time. You have time. Don't say you don't have time. You think about how much time people watch TV and read the newspaper and do on social media and everything else. You have time. I have time is what we choose to do. We need to spend some time. And I encourage you to start out with a small block of time, five or ten minutes. You spend with the shepherd. And it will grow over time because you're going to find it to be one of the most rewarding things of your life. So, if number one, spend time with him. Number two, this is deep, listen to him. <laughs> listen to him. i tell you what, I'm just... That thing is bothering me today. I'm at least waking up the two in the sound room. How do we listen to him? Right here. You want to hear God speak? Open your Bible and read out loud. When the Bible speaks, God speaks. Open your Bible and read it out loud. You've heard the voice of God. Because you're reading His voice. You're reading His Word. So you spend time with the Father, with the Shepherd. You listen to Him. And you probably already guessed what the third one is. Because this is deep stuff. And this, this is deep. You talk to Him. How do we do that? We pray. Prayer is talking to God. We want to make it so hard, but we need to come back to the basics. Just like any relationship that we have in our life, we meet the person, then we spend time with the person. We talk to the person, then we listen to the person. And what happens is our heart is knit. And it's the same with our father. It's the same with the shepherd. We, we met them, praise be to God. He becomes our shepherd, then we spend time with the shepherd. And we listen to him and we talk with him. Now that brings us full circle because we're talking about rest today. And you say, well, preacher, I thought you were talking about rest and now you've given me something else on my to-do list. Let me just, just clarify real quick. God is not an item on your to-do list. He's not a box that you check off once a day. He's not a box that you check off on Sundays. The Lord is our life. He's our life. And if you really want rest, you're going to have to spend time with Him. You're going to have to listen to Him. 
You have to talk to him. And he'll give you rest. You can have green pastures today. You can have still water. They're yours for the taking. But it's going to take the time to go and be with the shepherd. May I encourage you to do that today and every day. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for how simple this really is. We make it hard. You want us to come and find satisfaction and significance and our true identity in Christ. So I pray, Lord, that you'd work in hearts today. If anybody here does not know you, may this be the hour they turn their life to Christ. If there are those that are here and they admit they're not following you, I pray today will be the moment where they confess that and get it right. And then for those who are here today and they're dry spiritually, Lord, may they recognize afresh the need of getting the bread of life, the Lord Jesus. And may they come and find what they need for their soul. Work in our hearts, our lives, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We would invite you today to respond as God leads. You want to come and pray today at the altar, we would invite you. We're going to sing a song to close that really just says the desire of our heart. You come as God leads you. Oh, come to the altar.
Thank you for listening today. We trust that our time together was a blessing to you. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and of course on our website at redhillbaptist.org. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.